It's time to get in tune with MK Podcast. MK Podcast. MK Podcast. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of MK Podcast. I'm your host, Michaela, and just a lost soul trying to make it in this world. Just wanted to kind of give you guys um, a recent rundown of what's been going on, because I know we have not talked for a while. First of all, it is June 30th of 2022, the very last day of Pride Month. So happy Pride Month, everybody. I'm out there celebrating. Of course, I celebrated my own way as well. Um, I know this is on the very last day of Pride Month, so did want to just give a quick shout out to Pride Month. Um, For this episode, we actually are going to be uh, pretty much focusing on Pride things, such as trans equality and my coming out story, so stay tuned for that. Um, Did just want to kind of start right into the show. We are going to start with the top of the show. I have something very important that I want to talk about, okay? And when I say important, um, I'm not sure whose scale um, I'm actually rating on. I think it's just my own scale of importance. Um, I do want to talk about the most recent jewel ban. Um, Now, I know they did actually end up rolling this back. Um, They actually, I think that jewel, the company, filed to actually push the ban back. They said, hey, we need more time. We feel like basically um, it was a political thing for them to try to ban jewels saying that, oh, we're trying to lure teenagers into smoking our vapes. So um, I just have a recent complaint. I'm here to bitch about the fact that they are trying to ban jewels because as I've mentioned in previous episodes, I am a avid jewel smoker. For anybody who doesn't know what a jewel is, it's just basically an e-cigarette or a vape. Um, And they have recently, um, they actually banned two flavors that were actually being sold in the stores. Okay, so they banned the mango flavor and they banned the mint flavor. This was probably like two years ago um, when we had different powers um, in the actual White House. And they banned those flavors due to the fact that they thought that teenagers were more likely to buy the flavored pods versus um, just regular menthol or tobacco flavored pods so they already took that away from us right and I smoke a jewel because I actually used to smoke cigarettes I used to smoke Newports and I have stepped away from that so I vape now which 100% in my eyes does seem better now do we know the after effects of jewels no we don't do we know the after effects of vaping no we don't We've seen some cases where um, people hit vape pens and they end up with fucking popcorn lung or they end up dying. Um, In most of those cases, I have actually seen that um, those were due to like THC pens. Now, I'm sure that there are several different cases across the country and across the world where, you know, vaping has done bad things to people. Um, But in my case, it has actually kind of improved my life since I started vaping versus smoking cigarettes. For one, there's no smell. For two... Um, You know, I'm not inhaling things that um, come with cigarettes. And so, you know, because vaping is so new, of course, there's not as many studies out as smoking and what that does and how it affects your body. Um, But I certainly do feel better. I mean, I I have asthma, so um, no shame in my game. But when I smoked cigarettes, um, my breathing was significantly worse than when I actually started vaping. Um, So there are benefits that I have actually personally gained from vaping versus smoking. Um, And I just want to know because here's the thing. I'm triggered, okay? (laughs) And I I don't use that word lightly. I am triggered. I just want to know what more do they want from vapors? Um, What what more do you want from the tobacco using community? Okay, we have tried our best. You know, I am OCD about my jewel. 
Like I said, they took away the mint. They took away the mango. Like, what the fuck more do they want from us? Um, things that I love about my jewel. There's no smell. Okay, I can do it in my house. Um, it doesn't carry any odor. Um, it doesn't make your breath smell bad. Um, you're not feeling like you have cigarette mouth when you kiss your significant other. Also, things like going to work and smoking a cigarette, you are forcing people to smoke to smell some shit that you don't necessarily want to inhale. Like, I can't tell you how many times I have fucking inhaled somebody else's cigarette smoke standing at this little smoke um, center that we have at our at our job. Um, yeah, that's, that's fucking distasteful. Like nobody wants to live through that. Now the people that smoke cigarettes, I'm not knocking you. I'm just saying that I'm triggered by this jewel ban that they're trying to implement. They need to start implementing, uh, bans on things that fucking stink in that people are trying to, um, <clears throat> I don't know. It's just, yeah, I just, I can't get over that. Um, also it's not obnoxious. Like a cigarette has tons of smoke. It comes out, it lingers for a while. Um, same thing with those fucking big ass vapes that y'all be carrying around. Them shits is bigger than my fucking, than my, than, ha than the size of both of my hands combined. Like them shits be big as hell. And then when you, when you over there puffing on it and then you let out all the fucking smoke, that shit is a big ass cloud of smoke. Like I get that you, that you might like that and you might like that aspect, but not everybody wants to smell and breathe in your fruity fucking smoke that you just blew straight out of your mouth, especially in these COVID times, right? So my jewel is not obnoxious. The smoke goes away right away and you can't smell it. So what the fuck more do you guys want from us? Okay. We did nothing to anybody. But anyways, I just had to get that off my chest and I hope that they, uh, the FDA rolls back the jewel band because I love my jewel and I don't want to let go of that thing. So I'll do what I got to do to get some jewel pods. Um, also just wanted to kind of touch on the reason why I have not been as present on my podcast. Um, I know that I just started up and I have been trying to be super consistent, but there's just been a lot going on in my life as a whole. Um, so, I mean, the biggest thing in my life is that me and my girlfriend are actually, we've been looking for houses um, that we are actually trying to get into. We decided not to sign over, uh, we decided not to re-sign our lease here with, within our little tiny apartment. So we have been looking for houses. Um, you know, we have come across a few that, you know, we really loved and we applied for them, but you know, it was somebody got to it before us. And so we just haven't been able to find anything. We've been looking consistently for the past like two months trying to find a house. So it's just been kind of stressful as far as that part of my life goes. And I've really just been trying to put all my, um, my energy and all my, um, all my time into trying to find a house and also, um, you know, trying to just stick to working and, you know, trying to make sure that my finances are right so that when we are ready to move, you know, it's not such a big deal um, when we're trying to transition everything. You know, everybody, if you're listening to this podcast and you've moved before, you know how much it takes to actually, you know, start that process and then finish it all the way through. So it's just been kind of, uh, kind of crazy. So that is, um, that's kind of what's been going on in my life, the jewel ban and, and my moving experience. So um, not too exciting, but I'm definitely excited for this episode. Um, we, I did want to start off with one of my segments that I think that I'm ge I'm getting more of an appreciation for, which is something that we didn't do in the last episode, but it is recent purchases. Um, these purchases are pretty uh, low grade and they're pretty cost efficient. So I figured I would just kind of shout those out. So without further ado, my recent purchases. 
Um, the first purchase that I actually just started investing in is actually called Dave's Tooth Toothpaste. And I actually just switched toothpaste because um, I'm a fluoride free type of girl. I'm natural. I love to just keep everything natural, plain Jane, simple. And I don't like fluoride for spiritual reasons. Um, but this toothpaste is amazing. It has all natural ingredients. It doesn't have any fluoride. And the best part of it all is it's on subscription um, on my Amazon Prime. So I don't have to think, I don't have to think about it. I just um, I subscribe to it and it comes once a month. And the the best thing for me is that it is fluoride free. And, um, you know, because I'm a spiritual being, I do think that fluoride is a way to block my third eye. And I just don't really agree with that. So I do brush my teeth every day with a fluoride free toothpaste and um, try to live my life that way. But yeah, Dave's toothpaste is one of my most recent purchases. Um, I also I also um, we me and my girlfriend, we went out to this flea market the other day. Um, it was not your typical flea market. Like usually flea markets are full of shit that you would never typically buy. Um, but it's just there anyways. This one was more so of like a thrift store, but it was in a flea market style. So, um, everybody had their, their booth set up. Um, and there was all kinds of old seventies and eighties furniture. Um, there was all kinds of paintings and artwork, but also there was like clothes and those clothes were like things that you could buy from like any you know cute vintage thrift shop and it was fucking amazing so we didn't end up buying really anything it was kind of high price for some of like the furniture or the decorations that they wanted but um, what I did find is we actually went up to the cash register because my girlfriend was purchasing a t-shirt and I turn around and I'm like oh shit I'm like bae look they had this Highland Coffee, um, and I don't know if there's any Louisville locals listening to this, but Highland Coffee is a coffee place that used to be on Bardstown Road, um, which is kind of like one of our most popular streets where it has like all kinds of stuff going on, like clubs, uh, bars, restaurants, all kinds of stuff. So at on Bardstown Road, it was called Highland Coffee. It was just a local coffee shop, and they had like some of the best coffee. And guys, you guys know I love my coffee. So um, that actually, they actually closed down, um, during COVID and I don't think they've been back up. I haven't driven down that road in a while, but, um, from what I remember, they actually closed during COVID. And so me and my girlfriend used to frequently visit Highland coffee, like all the time. And I turned around and it was like a fucking gift from God. I was like, Oh my God, they have coffee beans here from the Highland. And she was like, Oh shit. And immediately I just grabbed them and ring them up and I've been drinking that so yeah Highland coffee beans it was amazing and I think they might they probably do have some for sale like online I'm sure they're still running some type of business um so you can definitely support your local um Kentucky coffee beans at um yeah at Highland coffee so um I've also been thinking about this isn't this isn't a recent purchase but this is something that I've been thinking about doing or purchasing is after that flea market I was kind of like I was talking to my girlfriend and I'm like yo like we should really just fucking start over when we move in terms of like furniture, in terms of decorations and just basically thrift everything like from our dishes to like our decorations throughout the house to the furniture to the art on the wall to the tables we have in our dining rooms. We would keep our beds but like 
How fucking cool would that be just to have everything thrifted? It's way, it's sometimes it's a way cheaper option depending on, you know, where you're at and where you're shopping. But that would just be fucking awesome. Like not everybody does that kind of stuff. And like, I really do want to tap into just trying to save money in the best ways possible while still having sick shit that like nobody else has. That's something that I love the most about thrifting is that like nobody else has this shit. So like that's, that's one of like the main things that I really am going to start doing is start looking for um things that I can thrift versus things that I find in like a regular ass department store or um a regular ass clothing shop or you know just I just I just like to be unique and that's I think my way of doing it is thrifting so yeah look out for some new recent purchases I'm gonna put y'all on um and then also that's the end of our recent purchases segment I did want to just kind of touch on what I've been listening to lately um for anybody who doesn't know me I just want everybody to know that I am um Drake's number one fan I know that he has past controversies and I know that there's probably a lot of people that are trying to cancel him at this point but um he still holds strong in my heart um as I'm sure many of you um the listeners still hold strong in your heart as well so of course I'm banging that new album honestly never mind and it's not something that anybody expected I don't think uh, for the most for the most part I think it's something that um, came out of the blue of course like he didn't do any promo for this shit so I woke up and my brother sent me a text like yo Mandem dropped the album didn't even tell nobody and I'm like hey okay so I turned the album on I'm like what the fuck this do 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 I'm like what what is going on so I look at the um I look at like the genre and it says dance and I'm like what the fuck so at first like I play the whole album through and I'm like yeah this is trash bro but then like I start listening to it and listening to it and I'm like hold on this shit kind of slap hold on what, what what is this so yeah so I've been listening to honestly never mind by Drake I think it's a great album I think that um his lyrics still slap no matter what and the beats, like, they're starting to catch me in my groove a little bit. I might turn that on to some uh, Sunday cleaning and see, see what I can get done with that. <laughs> um, and also, I actually, so Apple Music, if anybody didn't know, um, you can actually play your, um, like, your previous years, like, what you used to listen to back in, like, 2016 or however long you've had Apple Music. It's kind of like the Spotify wrapped. Yeah, y'all thought y'all was flexing with that Spotify wrapped. Little did y'all know Apple Music has that plus more um apple gang over here anyways um so apple music has like these playlists where you can listen to like your 2016 2017 like most played songs or whatever however you want to put it uh well i actually put on one of my um playlists i think it was from like 2017 and i was listening to some old ass the weekend so one song that is a constant for me is the party in the after party by the weekend if you don't know that song it's like a seven minute long song where you think it ends like three times and it actually doesn't but in any event it's fucking amazing and I love that song so that's one of the most recent things that I've been re-listening to that kind of um, was rehashed through my little Apple Music uh, replays um so yeah that's what I've been listening to that's what I've been purchasing that's my rants for the top of the show um, next, of course, as I said, um, I did celebrate Pride Month as a L- as a member of the LGBTQ community. Um, you know, 
it's very important to me that I do celebrate the, the month that is allotted to me and my peeps. Okay, we got to hold it down. And the people that that are not part of the LGBTQ community, I would hope that you were advocating for Pride Month and doing everything that you could to support. So without further ado, we are going to talk about Pride Month as a whole. We're going to talk about um, just the first thing that I did want to get into was trans equality and trans rights, which seems to be um, the topic of discussion on the on the farther ends of either spectrum of like political rifts um, on the right side. You know, there's been a lot of slander and a lot of calls for people dying. Um, if you are a trans person, they no longer want you to exist. And on the left, they're pretty much telling you exactly what the right is doing, each being reactionary to the other. Um, so I just want to get down to kind of like the nitty gritty of like some t- some of these recent bills that are being passed for um, anti-trans rights. And I just think that it's fucking disgusting and horrific. So um, I'm going to shout out trans people right now. Um, if you're a trans person, just know that you are loved and we appreciate you. We know that you just want to be um, like any like everybody else and you just want to exist. And um, the most that I could wish for you guys is that, you know, you can just exist and be here just like everybody else is fighting for those rights um, that is in a marginalized group. Um, you know, the LGBTQ community as a whole, you know, black and brown people, you know, we're fighting for those things day in and day out. And so just know that you are loved and, um, we're definitely going to be talking about you guys today in a positive light. Um, so the first thing that I do want to do is just kind of, uh, run some background on exactly where America is at in regards to trans rights and trans equality. Um, and I'm going to do that by talking about two bills that are being passed in separate states. Um, of course, these are just mimics of what other states have been doing across the country. So these are not the only states that are doing these things. These are just specific examples of, um, you know, anti-trans bills and anti-trans um, laws that are going to take effect if they if the bills do get passed. And I just think it's an utter disgrace to our country that trans people cannot just exist in this world. Um, and they are having to fight for their freedoms just as women are right now, just as black and brown people are. And, you know, the LGBTQ community continues to fight and fight and fight. Um, and th- although we do have small wins here and there um, as a marginalized group of people, you know, sometimes... As we've seen in the in the recent in the recent um, updates of America, sometimes that shit can just be rolled back with the blink of an eye, you know, depending on who's in power. So um, the first bill that I do want to talk about is actually recently in Arizona, there was a bill that was introduced where each and every intergalactic, intercollegiate, um, intramural or cu- club athletic team or sport that is sponsored by an educational institution whose students and teams compete against an educational institution sponsored by its state must be expressly designated as male to male or female to female. So sports teams that are designed for females, women or girls may not be open to students for um, boys of basically I should say boys of the male sex. But that's that's not really what I mean, but of students of male sex. So if you would like to dispute these terms, meaning, okay, so basically what that means is that um, they are banning um, trans people from competing in the sport at which they actually um, say they identify as a man. They would not be able to perform in a um in a in a male to male competition of any sorts um and vice versa so if you wanted to dispute these terms of this bill right you physically have to go show your genitalia to a doctor um, prove you have high levels of testosterone or have a full analysis of your genetic makeup can somebody tell me why the fuck that shit is so preposterous could you ever imagine going to a doctor and specifically you have to show your genitalia to them 
Um, if anybody can think of a basic human right, I would think that it's your right to not have to go to a doctor and show them your genitalia unless you're doing some type of checkup on, you know, that specific reason, such as going to the OBGYN or going to, um, you know, a male, a male facilitation. I don't know what exactly what they call that, but um, in this case, it just seems like it is really impeding on people's rights um, to be able to present as a certain way. Um, and in this case, as I said, it just seems like, you know, people do not want trans people to exist, um, specifically on the more Republican side, the more farther right. Um, there's just outright these bills are just outright fucking disgusting. And I, I really just, I feel for trans people because like I said, they just want to exist. And the, the bills and the makeup of these bills and the reason behind it is that there's, they're basically uh, from the, from, from what I've seen in the media that I've covered, um, and just, you know, peeling my eyes to things, opening my mind up to exactly what is going on in this country. They seem to think that trans people or the LGBTQ community have a, have an agenda, and I don't know exactly what the fuck they think our agenda is besides trying to just live their lives in America, um, such as me and my girlfriend and so many other of these people that I know in my life personally, just on a personal level. Um, we just want to live our lives. We don't fucking care about what the fuck you think our agenda is. We have no agenda. We just want to exist. So if our agenda is to exist, um, then I would say that you're directly attacking that agenda, which is just to exist. Um, but they think that we have some type of agenda to groom children, um, which is fucking outlandish. And, you know, we can do a whole episode on just that fucking perspective alone. But in any event, um, let's move on to the next bill that we have here. This one is actually introduced and it's headed to a committee. This is in the state of Ohio. It's called the SAFE Act. Um, and the, there, here's some specific literature in it. Okay, so um, just going to read this verbatim from the bill. No nurse, counselor, teacher, principal, or other official or staff at a public or private school shall do either of the following. A. Encourage or coerce a minor to withhold from the minor's par per parent or legal guardian the fact that the minor's perception of her or his gender is inconsistent with his or her sex. B. Withhold from a minor's parent or legal guardian information related to the minor's perception that his or her gender is inconsistent with his or her sex. Um, I'm fucking sorry, but why the fuck should teachers lose the right to be able to have a conversation with somebody? Or why should teenagers lose their right to want to present themselves as something that they truly feel they are? Why are we losing rights in America? Um, there's several. There's there's one big one that I'm not going to mention on this podcast because I haven't done a lot of research. But you know, it's a it's a very big topic. Um, so I'll just say it. You know, people, uh, women specifically, are losing their right to abortion. It's now going to go to states' rights. Any of the red states that had trigger laws in place are now in effect. Um, and it's just disgusting to see that America is continuously going backwards in history. Um, in the in the trans world, um, there's really been no rights that have ever specifically been for trans people um, besides anti-trans bills that have been passed or anti-trans bills that have been introduced and go to committees and some might die and some might get passed. Um, and this this specific verbiage, I mean, it says 
No counselor, teacher, principal, or official staff of a public or private school shall do either of the following. Encourage or coerce a minor to withhold the minor's parent or legal, or excuse me, coerce a minor to withhold from minor's parent or legal guardian the fact that the minor's perception of his or her gender is inconsistent with his or her sex. It's not a, it, bro, it does not matter if it's a perception, does not matter your fucking opinion about their perception. If that's their, if that's their perception, they don't have to tell anybody shit. They just want to exist. That's it. And so now you're forcing teachers to go against something that they might have strong, strong feelings about. I mean, I'm, I mean, imagine how many trans people are trans, um, yeah, how many, how many trans people are teachers or educators in this world? Um, you know, they're supposed to withhold any information that they have about themselves and they're supposed to basically spill it all to their, um, to their parents. Um, not only that, but they're also banning any healthcare agency from providing any type of surgeries or hormones for trans teens. Um, this includes things like if a parent says it's okay for their teenager, even a 17 going on 18 year old to get surgery or get hormones because they are a trans teenager, that is going to become illegal in the state of Ohio. Um, again, these are things to, these are laws that directly affect the existence of trans people. Um, so basically the state of Ohio does not want trans teens to exist and they're in the works of trying to impede on freedoms of teens in America. And this is again, fucking disgusting. Like I can understand, you know, when you're, when, uh, when I think back to when I was a kid, um, I might not have been, you know, this is, this is the narrative that the right is actually running is that why do we want to, um, impose sexual thoughts onto a kid which i don't think that <clears throat> unless you're a sick fuck i don't think that anybody in this world wants to impose sexual thoughts into a kid's head right but when it comes to sexuality and who that person actually is or who how they perceive themselves to be um that is their right that is their that is their right if they are a trans woman or a trans man that is their right to feel that way and that is their right to become that person it's it's not it's not up to anybody else to decide. And so it just it just is fucking sickening that, you know, there there are um, you know, there's acts that are coming out. And this again, this is not just the state of Ohio or the state of Arizona. These are just replicated bills that have gotten, you know, that have gotten introduced in red and blue states. I'm sure that they've introduced something like that, you know, depending on depending on what kind of people they have, um, that are holding local power. Um, but it's just fucking disgusting. And so it just leads me to my next point, which is the fact that, you know, trans people, you know, they, if you're not, if they're not able to express themselves, especially at a young age, um, it's just, it's really damaging to that person. It really is. I mean, um, just thinking about the actual violence stats of trans people in America, um, I got all my information from williamsinstitute.law.ucla.edu. Um, I'll start off with my first stat. Transgender people, 16 plus, okay, so these are teenagers, are victimized over four times more than cisgender people. In 2017 to 2018, transgender people experienced 86.2 victimizations per 1,000 people compared to 21.7 victimizations per 1,000 people for cisgender people. Okay, that's like fucking, oh my gosh, that's like four times. That's like four times more dangerous for transgender people, 16 and up, okay, that's teenagers and up. Moving on to the next stat, transgender women and men had higher rates of violent victimization, 
and 170 or excuse me 107.5 per 1000 people respectively than cisgender women and men 23.7 and 19 per 0.8 per 1000 people this is violent victimization okay one in four transgender women who were victimized thought the incident was a hate crime compared to less than one in 10 cisgender women so again, these people are getting victimized four times more than any cisgender person, okay? And one in four transgender women who were victimized thought the incident was a hate crime compared to less than one in 10 cisgender women. So that means that basically they thought that, meaning that there were implications that it was part of a hate crime that they ended up being uh, victimized, um, whether that be violent, nonviolent, verbal, physical, whatever the fucking case may be. Um, something there was implications of such that these were actual hate crimes versus a cisgender woman who says one or one in ten cisgender women say that they were uh, victimized due to a hate crime um another one here let's see in 2017 to 2018 transgender households had higher rates of property victimization 214.1 per 1,000 households than cisgender households which is 108 per 1,000 households um yeah, this, this shit is just getting sadder and sadder, okay? So, again, we're talking about marginalized people in this community. Um, the same things that black and brown people fight for, um, we are also fighting for here within the LGBTQ plus community. Um, another stat, about half of all violent victimizations were not reported to police. Transgender people were as likely as cisgender people to report violence to the police. So, yeah, this shit is just fucking nuts, dude. I just... It's, it's just sad to see and it's sad to hear that every freedom in America that we, this is supposed to be the land of the free, okay? We just passed a, um, we just actually rolled back a super precedent in America um, that several Congress people said was basically a matter of law. They would never overturn that. Um, you know, we're rolling back basic rights. Um, and although lgbtq people um for the most part you know the obergfell you know we got that i don't know exactly how to say that but we got that in the supreme court we got that you know listed as a as a landmark um basically like a precedent you know a super precedent um where it was it was actually sworn into our constitution um that's considered to be a basic right is that we can uh, marry the same sex um that's that, that was a win for gay people right that was a win for the lgbtq plus community um, but then you look at things like Roe versus Wade, where they roll it back and, and you have Supreme Court justices saying we need to take a look at things like Obergefell or um, things like um, there's another one where you shouldn't be committing any fucking sodomy or I can't even remember the name of it. But these things are just they're sickening. Why? The, why? Why would you want to take the rights of America of American citizens away? Um, after you've already considered them to be super precedents and basic rights of humans, um, especially in the land of the free, even some more conservative countries would fucking would laugh at the idea of rolling back the rights to women being able to have abortions. Um, you know, so it just it's just sad to see. And, you know, as a proud person in America um, to actually be able to live my life as an LGBTQ person um as well as a black person in america you know i'm very proud of who i am and i know what's right in this world and it's certainly not right to keep on stripping people's rights away and people just want to live their lives and be left alone 
um, you know, for trans and LG, just LGBTQ plus people as a whole, we just want to live our lives and be left alone. I can't stress that enough. And the media has just slanted the narrative and made it so hard for trans people to exist in the land of the free, quote unquote. Um, they're the same people um, who had or have the same agenda when it comes to racial inequality. And we just want to exist. We just want to exist. We're tired of being marginalized. You know, if you can, you know, it's just, it's just sad. It's just sad. And so I did want to kind of throw in some things after those facts that I just gave to you guys. And we listed out some of the bills that are being um, proposed and actually, you know, going to committees and being voted on and things like that. Um, What I did want to implicate is just like ways that you can actually be a part of advocating for the LGBTQ community. Um, number one is just voting locally and holding your vo- holding your local elected officials accountable to address these issues. Um, vote solely based on what your local elected officials outlook or action plan is for LGBTQ plus rights, um, gun reform, um, things like women's rights, things that are going to help marginalize people in this in your local town, in your local city, such as what are we doing for brown and black communities? What are we doing for communities that are in poverty right now? Um, vote solely based on on the outlook of the person that you're voting for what are they going to do what is their action plan and vote with the um the ideals that you align with and i'm not saying that everything has to be left-leaning because i understand that i am more of a left-leaning person um but when it comes to basic human rights i think those are things that both sides can agree on um it doesn't seem like that but i think that for the majority of americans from what i've seen on the news um and the surveys that have come out i think that we can all agree that basic human rights are a need in this country and so i think that voting locally you will have a place to actually have a voice um stand up for what you believe in Um, Another thing that you can do for the LGBTQ community is just attend LGBTQ plus events, Um, things like pride festivals or just, you know, little committees that you have or clubs that you have around town. You know, you could these are simple Google searches that you could find. Um, You could become a part of or start an online community that deals with important issues to you, especially if they stand for LGBTQ plus rights. Um, you know, these are things that you can do within your own scope. Um, you can always make sure that you are trying to make this world a better place. And it's coming to a point in America where it seems like basic human rights are are coming second to the priorities of um, political pull and what, you know, politicians want to do in this world or in, a, in this country, should I say. Um, And I don't think it should be that way at all. You know, we are the majority of people, people that are not living in the top 1%, people that are not rich. You know, we have a say. We should have a say. We should not be held um, to the standards of the top 1% or to people that, um, you know, are in power for so long, are in power until the day that they fucking die. You know, they grew up in different times and they want to cast their opinions and their religious, um, you know, outlooks onto the people. And that's not what America was created in. This is supposed to be a democracy where the people have a right and a say so and a pursuit and a right to the pursuit of happiness. And we can't do that when people are impeding on our rights. Sorry, guys, I just get a little bit um, passionate about this kind of stuff because I live it on a day to day basis. So um, thank you guys so much for listening to that part of the podcast. It's a little bit more serious and it's a little bit more eye opening um, to just hear these things about trans people and about the LGBTQ plus community as a whole. Um, and I'm going to advocate for one way or the other. And so, um, you guys, you know, thank you guys for hanging in with me for the more serious part. I know usually, um, I like to keep it light on the podcast, but for pride month, you know, I want to give a special shout out to all my
my LGBTQ plus um, people that are part of the community and anybody that advocates for us. We appreciate you. And, and it's all peace and love, baby. Um, but moving on to something a little bit lighter, just to kind of round out the episode, um, I did want to talk about my coming out story as part of our pride celebration, because this is something that it's a little bit of like a little quirky story. And, um, you know, overall, it is pretty positive, which is a great thing that I'm proud to say is that, you know, my coming out story is maybe not the same for a lot of people. And so I just wanted to kind of share that. So I'll give you guys a little bit of a background. So when I was little, um, I knew that I was not always, you know, gender conforming, should I say, I love to do things that society would say is for boys, um, or for tomboys. And I was never I never liked that word. I never liked the word you're a tomboy. Um, because I felt like I was a woman, but I just didn't want to do things that are considered to be girly. Um, and I found nothing wrong with that. I loved being myself. Well, growing up mixed and in the Midwest, um, they are very traditional views. And I grew up that I basically grew up with. Um, our parents did conform to gender norms for the most part, but they never forbid me from like wearing whatever I wanted to do, hanging out with who I wanted to hang out with. Um, these are just things that they grew up with and that they instilled in us. And I don't, you know, there's, I hold no resentment for that. It, we, we had a very normal childhood for the most part in terms of, you know, gender conforming and things like that. Um, so I wanted so basically they let me wear whatever I wanted as long as it wasn't too, you know, racy for a child. Um, you know, they pretty much let me do whatever I wanted um, in terms of that aspect of things. Well, growing up, you know, I had several boyfriends and I always had a curiosity as to why I felt attracted to girls, even though I was quote unquote straight. But I didn't think again, I didn't think too much of it because um, as a kid, I was more focused on like recess or like playing football with friends. Um, like I didn't care about, you know, really, I didn't I didn't think about that aspect of my life. But I did realize that like, I did think that girls were really pretty. And like, you know, I did think that, you know, I had a special little attraction to them the same way that you know, I try to flirt with these boys and things like that. Um, and so it was, um, it was it was weird for me because I pretty much I was, you know, hanging out with like all of my girlfriends because that's what that's what we did. My little sister is like super girly and she had all her girlfriends. So I pretty much mimicked after her and I took after that. And, you know, when I was in middle school, a lot of my friends were like cheerleaders and um, they did they did a lot of girly things. But I was like I was a basketball player. I played all types of sports. You know, I wasn't into a whole lot of girly things. I didn't like wearing skirts. I didn't like doing like doing my hair, my makeup and things like that. I just didn't like to do that shit. Um, but again, I still had this weird feeling. You know, once I got into middle school, I started getting more and more feelings of like, I do feel attracted to girls, but again, I wasn't super focused on it to the point where like I did want to approach that. Um, and really when you're in middle school, you're so worried about, you're so like self, um, self-aware and you're so egotistical that you're just thinking like, okay, I just need to get through the day because all of the attention is on me. It's everybody and every, anybody and everybody is thinking about me today. Um, they're not thinking about, um, what they just learned in class. They're not thinking about, oh, my shoe's untied. They're thinking about why is my hair sticking up a way that I don't want it to stick up. That's how I felt. And I'm sure that most of you guys can relate with that feeling when you're in middle school because you're just going through so many changes and, um, you know, you just think that the whole fucking world revolves around you. 
So, you know, being around those friends, no, nobody that I actually went to school with, um, they were nobody, even though we were dating around and messing with boys and flirting with them, nobody ever really stepped outside of those boundaries and was like, yo, I'm gay or I'm lesbian. There were a few people, but you know, they were pretty much treated as like outcasts in the school, especially when you're a kid, you know, and you start having a change in the locker room for gym class and things like that. Um, the person who everybody thinks is lesbian, they don't want to get dressed in front of them, which we know is not the fucking case. Now, when you get older, you realize that that's not what the fuck, um, a lesbian is looking for. They're not attracted to every girl or a gay man is not attracted to every man. Right. And that's, It's just a silly concept, but this is the way that gay and lesbian and LGBTQ people were treated in my middle school. And so it was kind of like, okay, so nobody wants to be gay. Nobody wants to be lesbian. Nobody wants to be bisexual. Nobody wants to be trans. Nobody, you know, it was just, it was something to stay away from is what I mean. Um, I'm not saying that it's a choice, but nobody wants to come out as those things. Because that could potentially end your fucking social life. That could end having friendships with people. And so um, the first time that I really experienced somebody who was bisexual in my friend group was in high school. Um, You know, they told me that they were bisexual and I had another girl that was pansexual. And, you know, it was it was awesome. I was like, okay, these are my people. Um, But I never really thought still that I... I was I was really one of those people, even though they were my friends, you know, we played sports together and things like that. um, I didn't think that I was one of those people still, even though I had these feelings. Well, in high school, when you start to get older, um, you know, you start to actually explore the feelings that you have for people. And so I had this girl in my Spanish class that I really, really, really had a crush on. Um, And this was in freshman year. And, um, you know, she sat across the room. But then when we started doing like partner work and stuff, she would always come to me and she'd be like, hey, do you want to be my partner? And of course, I was like happy. I'm like, okay, cool. So um, we started actually hanging out a lot after school or like outside of school. And she just literally made me feel like the happiest person on the planet. Like, honestly, I had never felt happier than when I was with this person. And it just finally felt like I fit in and like I could be myself. And I knew this. So this girl, she ended up coming out to me as bisexual and um, her family, she had already coming out to her family. They knew that she was into um, both men and women and she came out as bisexual to them. You know, she was older than me. So um, she had a little bit more experience um, in this field. And so I was a little bit like, I don't know, I don't want to say like weirded out, but it was just a feeling of like uneasiness. Like I'm, I'm staring with my feelings. I'm staring at my feelings right in front of my face. And I don't know how to approach them because I've never been approached with these kinds of feelings before from somebody else. Um, And so when she told me that she was bisexual, I was still a little weary that she would want to date me because I, again, I was still coming out of middle school and I was still thinking about all the negative things that had gone on in middle school in regards to like the LGBTQ people that were in my middle school. And so um, I was actually scared. And just because growing up, you're taught that gay is like negative things, Um, you know, people calling you the F word in school, not fuck, but the other one, you know, the derogatory term used for, um, you know, gay men. 
um, or they really don't teach you anything in school about like the LGBTQ community, um, not in like a sexual way, but they just teach you very cisgender norms. Um, the man should marry the woman, the woman should marry the man, and um, you know, the woman should cater to the man and things like that. These are real things that I was taught in school. They also teach you about, you know, sex education. We learned about that in middle school, um, but it was always focused on like, is always focused on man and woman having sex and you know the the things about oh if you have sex then you have a chance to get pregnant and these are what these are ways to use contraceptives and it was never about um you know being part of the lgbtq community so um with all this being said you know i was actually scared but i knew that i started to have feeling towards her but i still just feel like i couldn't tell anyone because it was so new to me and i was kind of embarrassed that i had feelings for another girl like like i said i i had felt that i was attracted to girls but i never really put any energy into trying to like a girl and really trying to get to know a girl and date her um so it was embarrassing for me just being vulnerable and real with everybody on this podcast today um And so we just kept on hanging out more and more because, again, like I said, she was making me really happy. I had no, you know, no worries when I was with this person. I really had no worries when I was with her. And um, so one day uh, we're hanging out and it starts to get dark and we had all planned. It was me, her and then like her older sister and her older sister's boyfriend or cousin or cousin's boyfriend, everything. So it's kind of like a triple date kind of thing. Um, we're all watching movies and, um, she basically, we start getting like closer and closer together on the couch and, you know, one thing goes to another and she just turns to me and she's like, what if you do, if I, what would you do if I kissed you right now? And I was like, uh, and I'm just like fucking terrified because A, I've barely kissed a boy and B, um, I certainly have never kissed a girl. And so I was just fucking scared. But then, you know, I just leaned in and we kissed and I literally just had like the biggest butterflies in my stomach and I was so happy. So at that point, I had kind of come out to myself because at that point I had faced my own fucking reality and realized that I was the happiest when I was with this person and I'm fully attracted to her. And this means something. Do I know what it means yet? No, but I know it means something, right? And so um, when the night ended, like my mom, she came to pick me up and I was literally smiling from ear to ear, but I didn't even realize it. And like I got in the car and I was just fucking cheesing. And my mom was like, why? Are you? She was like, she was like, why are you so happy? Like, why are you smiling so big? And I was just like, my face just fucking scrunched back up. And I was like, oh, shit, uh, because I, of course, you know, my mom didn't know what the fuck I was up to. Um, and I just kind of shrugged it off and we didn't talk about it after that. You know, we kind of left it. She, she didn't, I don't know if she had any suspicions after that. I don't think that she really did, but I'd have to ask her. Um, so we just kept on, we just kept on hanging out. And one night I got bold enough to ask my mom if she could spend the night. And of course my mom being my mom was like, yeah, that's fine. Cause, um, even though I had, you know, a decent amount of friends in middle school, I, I think that, um, you know, I, I didn't really have too many like sleepovers or like friends that I really, that really valued me. Um, I was kind of like a little bit of like an outcast in my friend group, I would say. And so I wasn't really the most like included in everything. So mom said, yes, um, we ended up staying in my room literally the entire fucking night like from when she walked through the doors we went to my room closed the door and we were in my room the whole night now like we didn't do anything like bad like we didn't do anything um that teenagers you know we didn't do anything sexual should I just say that like we didn't do anything that you know 
normal teenagers would do if it was, you know, presented in a high school class. You know, they might say, oh, you shouldn't be having sex um, if you're a man and a woman. We did not do any of that stuff while we were in my room with the door closed. But because I knew how I felt about this girl and I knew that, you know, there was something to be said about who I was at this point. I was so scared that like my parents would end up finding out that I actually liked this girl versus her just being my friend that I didn't want to withstand the chance of them asking her questions about us or trying to converse with her or, you know, asking her so much about herself that, you know, it come when push comes to shove, like we end up saying like, oh, we're dating because I still have not come out to my mom. Um, yeah, so I was just super closeted at that point that I didn't want anything to be or anybody to be like sus about us. Um, so yeah, sus being like, yeah, like staying in my room with the door fucking closed all night. Like that isn't fucking obvious. That's sus, bro. When you're in high school and you're in middle school or whatever the fuck, you don't think that that shit is sus. You think you're fucking slick, but you're not. But you, this is the thing that I started to realize as I got older is that your parents already went through all this shit. Okay. They already played the game. They already know how everything works. And of course, they were not fucking oblivious to the fact that me and this girl stayed in my fucking room all night with the door closed. So, um, kind of side story. My dad was actually staying with us in this little apartment for a short period of time because he had just gone through like a recent surgery to um, remove some of his cancer at the time. He's in remission now. So everything's good. I mean, this was a while ago. Um, and so he was just there this night because he was resting up and pretty much, you know, he was with his family. So we were taking care of him. And, um, so the next day when she left, like they immediately started asking me like, why did we stay in the room all night? Why didn't she want to talk to them? They were like overall very suspicious, like fucking drilling me with questions. Um, and I pretty much shrugged it off for like a full day. Like I got through all that shit and I escaped all that shit and, um, somehow maneuvered my way through all their interrogating questions. Um, but then I, I can't remember if it was like the next night or like a week or whatever the fuck the case may be. Um, all I remember is that like, I finally, I, I'm pretty sure that like my, my mom either was asking me questions about this girl or I just said, Hey, I have to talk to you because at this point, like I knew that I really liked this girl and I knew that I really did want to be with her. And again, like she was just making me super happy, you know, more happy than I've ever been with any, any boy, um, and any man, whatever you want to call them. And um, I was just ready to kind of tell my story and finally like tell my mom like what I was actually doing, where I was coming from. And so I sat down and, you know, I was like very, very, very nervous. I was crying and um, I didn't know how to get my words out. And so finally I just came clean as, you know, I just came clean and said, but I did, I did come out as bisexual because again, at that time I didn't know how I was really identifying. I didn't know how, um, how I wanted to come out. I didn't know whether I was lesbian or whether I was straight or whether I was this or that or whatever. So I just called myself bisexual because at first I, again, I didn't know what I was. And second, I knew that it would be a little bit more acceptable in my mom's eyes. Um, well, that's what I thought anyways. And, um, so, you know, I, I kind of, I think I shocked my mom. Um, and she kind of was like, it's just a phase, you know, every girl goes through it. And if you like her, you know, that's fine. But I think that it's just a phase. Um, so, um, she, I mean, she, my mom was overwhelmingly supportive. You know, she told me that she loves me the same and that she feels like it's just a phase, but she loves me no matter what. 
Um, and you know, my dad, I think my dad had already left for that time or maybe he didn't, but, um, I know that my dad taught me and my dad talked about this like after everything. Um, so like everything of like me coming out with my mom, um, my little sister, like she didn't know like what to think at first. And I think that we kind of withheld that information from her because she was only 12. So like, she really didn't, it really didn't concern her. Like it wasn't anything that she really needed to be concerned about. And uh, my brother, my older brother, like, I think that my brother's been knowing that I was gay or lesbian or bisexual or whatever he thought. Um, I think that he's been knowing it for the longest. Like, my older brother is, um, me and him, we we just, we could talk about anything. And I know that my brother has, like, seen some things that, um, you know, have basically made him feel like I might like girls. But it was before even I realized it. And so, um, yeah, so my brother and my mom, you know, they really didn't fret about it. My mom, she was kind of like, I don't think that she liked the girl that I liked, but she loved me the same. And that's something that I know a lot of people don't have the privilege of saying. Um, you know, a lot of people might get kicked out of their house, might get disowned by their family, um, you know, never talk to those people ever again in life. And so um, that was like one of my biggest fears because I didn't know how my mom was going to react And um, she really just showed me what it's like to, you know, really be um, a great fucking person. And she showed me that it doesn't matter um, who you are or, you know, what you like or um, how you present. It's just all about what's in your heart. And my mom definitely just puts that on her sleeve. And she basically told me she loved me the same um, no matter what. Um, and that really just means a lot to me still to this day. And I'll talk about me and my dad's conversation here. So, um, a few weeks later, I got back in contact with my dad. I don't know. I can't remember exactly why I was with him or where we were going, but I know that we were driving back to, um, his house and he was like, man, I don't know why you didn't tell me you ain't like girls. You could have told me you like girls. Cause I like girls too. So there's that too. And it's just like, okay, wow. So like, I was kind of like taken aback by my parents just support. And although it might have been kind of hard for them to understand, um, because of course I was their only child who came out as being, you know, part of an LGBTQ community, um, you know, that's brand new for them. And they might not have known how to maneuver that or how to get the right words out or to say the right things to make their child feel comfortable. But at the end of the day, they made it known that I'm still their daughter and they still love me no matter what. And so that that really just um, it kind of took me aback in that moment. And it just made me like very grateful for my experience um, to coming out to my parents. Um, You know, at this point in time, I do consider myself to be a lesbian and I'm not bisexual, but I'm pretty sure that my parents know that by now. um, And my family knows that. And I'm just completely out and I'm living uh, my happiest life. You know, me and that girl that I told the whole story about, of course, we didn't we didn't make it super far in life. But that was just, you know, the first time. And it was very magical for me to kind of experience that with with a girl for the first time, um, just experience that relationship aspect. And it really just opened my eyes up to who I truly fucking was. And it was like a big weight was lifted off my shoulders. I finally figured out why the fuck I felt so different and kind of Um, obstructed from the norm and I figured out who I was and it was just amazing to have my entire family you know support me and love me no matter what Um, and it was it was I know it's not positive for all people and it's not positive for a lot of people Um, I don't know if it's the majority of people but I know that you know not everybody's family is as accepting 
Um, again, it just brings me back to, you know, the narratives that um, this country might put out in regards to the LGBTQ community. I think that for the most part, um, I'm mostly livid because I know as a person who is part of the LGBTQ community, um, how hard it was for me to be vulnerable in my moments where I didn't know who I was and um, having to share that over and over again with different people and, you know, finding out how I like to dress, how I like to present myself, um, you know, navigating through, you know, my gender identity and just figuring out who I was. Um, it took a lot of courage and a lot of effort and it took a lot for me to come out to my friends who, you know, also didn't have a concept or a way to cope with, you know, their friend being bisexual at the time. They didn't have a way to cope with that. And it, it just, it took a lot of courage and a lot of faith in myself to just really stand up for what's right and be who I am. And, um, you know, not everybody gets the luxury to do that because there are things that are being put in place for people that are trans or people that are part of the LGBTQ community where they can't just exist and be themselves and, you know, feel that freedom. And that comes along with violence that that happens to them or, you know, suicides, you know, this is stuff that is serious and um, it really just weighs heavy on my heart. But uh, for this episode, you know, I definitely just wanted to bring all of the negatives versus like the good positive things that make you feel great about you know coming out and being who you are um and living your entire fucking best life because you know who you are um it's an amazing feeling but um anyways uh, we are nearing the hour mark for this episode i just want to say thank you thank you thank you so much guys for all the support you guys have been showing me on each and every episode it means the world to me um this is again one of my biggest goals is to just come out here and just talk to you guys have a great time in the meantime and um that's pretty much all i got to say for tonight so thank you guys again for listening to the mk podcast don't forget to rate me five stars you can listen to me on apple podcast spotify you can listen to me on amazon podcast samsung podcast um anywhere that you really listen to your podcast you can find me um but definitely give me a five star five five star rating and um don't forget to leave any reviews that you guys have for me any type of feedback anything like that i'm happy to accept that um this has been another episode of mk podcast peace out